Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, June 16th, 2015, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We're excited to announce our next Crystal Quest to Arkansas, October 11th through the 17th, 2015. We are gathering members of the Crystal Soul Group, which is identified by having at least one of these six star markings, either 25, 26, or 27 degrees of Capricorn or Cancer, Aquarius or Leo, Taurus or Scorpio. If you feel the call of the crystals, but you aren't sure if you have the required star markings, just send an email to crystals at starseedhotline.com with your birth info. Include the date, time, place, and your current location, and I'll take a quick look at your charts to see if you're part of this soul family and send you some more details if you are. Our very special guest this evening is Margie Kay, who is a paranormal and UFO investigator using a long list of talents and skills, including clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, and remote viewing, as well as being the author of Gateway to the Dead, a ghost hunter's field guide, as well as 12 other books on various topics. She's the publisher of UnX News Magazine, a radio host, and has a very full lecture schedule. Margie has worked with law enforcement agencies and has been instrumental in solving over 50 cases. She's the assistant state director of Missouri MUFON, and has conducted over 900 paranormal and UFO investigations. She's been in contact with Valiant Thor since 1985, and if you heard our show last week, you know who that is. Her website is margiek.com, and that's M-A-R-G-I-E-K-A-Y.com. At the top of the show, we're hoping it's the Starseed News with Anastasia, but she's having power failure and bad thunderstorms and she just barely got word to us that she may not uh, may not be able to get through but we're hoping for the starseed news with anastasia and we'd like to thank fiona and vanya for hosting the switchboard this evening we have an online starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com and special thanks go to tammy as always for her dedication to the forum You can download our show podcasts on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page. Just look for the cloud icon with an arrow. And if you'd like to support our show, please click follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notices. Our toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. And the Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. Remote healing sessions for people and pets are also available with Tammy. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. Find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. And if you'd like a Stage 2 reading, to interpret that solar return chart, please allow it uh, like two months ahead of time to make sure that you get it in time. 
So um, we're looking for Anastasia. Did she make it? I'm looking through, looking through. Doesn't look like Anastasia's getting through. The power must be off at her house. So, um, Lavendar, let's just bring Margie on, okay? All right. Hi, Margie. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. We're really looking forward to uh, listening this evening. And uh, Lavendar is going to kick it off here. I think um, you're there, Lavendar? I'm here. Okay, great. Margie, the first thing I want to know is how did the weekend go with Craig Capabasso and Stranger at the Pentagon? Give us a report. I'll tell you what, it was just fantastic. Um, So much happened. He had a great talk, of course, and everybody was fascinated by that. Then showed the film, Stranger at the Pentagon, which is a short film, but it was totally awesome, had a lot of great special effects, and just gave everybody a general idea of who Valiant Thor is and what he's doing here. But that left us all wanting more and wanting to see, you know, a full-length feature film. And I know that is his goal, and I really, you know, we really hope he meets that. And hope a lot of people with a lot of money can contribute to the cause and, and get that done because it's just going to really wake a lot of people, you know, a lot of people up, basically, uh, if they could see that on the big screen. And and a lot of neat things happened as well while he was talking. There were several opportunities for people to take pictures and we felt presence there. There were visible orbs in the room, and also a lot of people got pictures of orbs or what looked like, in one case, looked like a person sitting in a chair uh, that was transparent. Uh, so there, we're still waiting for pictures to come in from that. I took a lot myself, and I haven't had a chance to review the video or all of the pictures yet, but. I think we're going to have some really cool stuff. Great. Well, why don't you give us a little history about yourself and and bring us up to the place where you've had contact with Valiant Thor. But let's start out with uh, where where you were born and raised, and and did you feel like that you were in a family that you belonged to or didn't belong? Or tell us some of the, the early things that happened for you to wake you up metaphysically. Oh, that's kind of strange that you asked that. Not very many people ask that, uh, you know, if you feel like you belong or not. And I certainly didn't feel like I I belonged. I was born and raised in Kansas City, uh, in first in Kansas for, you know, a few months, and then on the Missouri side. I did spend uh, some time in Springfield, Neosho, Joplin, as my dad traveled around. He was a traveling salesman for Britannica. And we lived in various places around town. And then I lived in Seattle for a year uh, later on. And that's when this experience happened with Thor. Um, I I found out much later that I have been a long-time contactee and had been involved with ETs. But at the time this happened, in 85 in Seattle, I didn't know of anything other than the fact that I felt like I didn't belong and I kept looking at the stars at night wondering where my real true home was and I understand now, you know, I've talked to 
many, many, many other people who have felt the same way. But my parents were always open-minded, and so they did not, you know, discourage me from accessing my psychic abilities, and they didn't, they didn't encourage me either, but they did help me as much as they could, even though they couldn't understand all of it. But in 85, I was seeing a massage therapist, and one day he just said out of the blue, would you like to try a light experiment? And I said, well, okay. And so he had me look at a green light first, very bright green light, and then he turned that off, turned a red light on, and then for a number of seconds, and then back and forth, back and forth. And after a few minutes of that, maybe a couple of minutes, he said, now, well, now what do you see? And I looked at him, and all I saw was a skeleton standing there talking. I could just see straight through him and just see his skeleton standing there. And I was trying to process this as to, you know, was this a trick of the lights or what would cause it when this head appeared on the wall, this three-dimensional head on the two-dimensional wall. And it was a man, uh, and he had a helmet on that, looked, that had a point in the center, and then it came around the front of the ear down and it kind of looked like an M so I always called that an M helmet well he spoke to me but apparently telepathically because the massage therapist didn't hear the voice and my brother and my two daughters happened to be there as well they they saw the lights and experienced it but they didn't they didn't hear him or see him and he said to me now uh, he said, my name is Thor, and now you have x-ray vision, and I will be in contact you, with you in the future. Well, I was just stunned. I had never experienced anything like that, and the, you know, the concept of having x-ray vision, and, and also, I knew this was an extraterrestrial, probably because of the helmet, I don't know, but I just knew it. And sure enough, a few days later, we, my brother and I, had joined this UFO experiencer group, uh, interest group in Seattle, and we were going to be going to attend that in a few days. Well, he asked me to do a reading on him. So we sat down at the kitchen table, and it was later at night, and the kids were asleep. And I was doing this reading, and I usually do that with my eyes closed. I see people better and see their guides and listen to their guides better with my eyes closed. And this tugging and pulling, you know, this thought, you need to open your eyes. So I did. And there was this head again on the wall, only this time much larger, about two feet tall. The same man. And he said, I'm going to be working with you and you're going to have many tasks to do in the future. Something to that effect. And he said, by the way, we're going to be very visible at your meeting on Friday night. So, well, this was a UFO meeting coming up. So I'm expecting a big show for everybody to see. But what happened was I was sitting in this room with about 12 or 15 people, and I suddenly sense and get a message telepathically that they're there. And so I look out this large picture window to see this 
disc-shaped craft slowly coming down into view, and it has lights around the perimeter. There weren't anything fantastic, just normal but different colored lights. And it hovered over the neighbor's yard and over the street and over the next door neighbor. It was pretty big. And I looked at this and I looked back at everybody and said, do you see this? Well, two people said they sensed something, but nobody else saw it. So I realized then that that was just for me to see, you know, both, both incidents. But that's how I got introduced to Valiant Book. You there? Lavendar? Lavendar. Did you lose Lavendar? <laughs> I, I think we might have lost Lavendar. We can't we can't hear you. I'm here. Oh, I'm here. She... oh okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, so that was that was in in eighty five. Right. Oh wow. Right. So that was yeah, some so time ago. Nineteen eighty five. A lot of things started happening on the planet, I noticed with different um, extraterrestrial groups starting to contact a lot of different star seeds. And um, I know that when I was contacted um, earlier than that, back in 77, but I knew that in 80 and 81 that we were going to start seeing a really strong influx of beings that were going to be born on the planet. In fact, they told me that the things that they were putting me through, I had to write down, put in a bank vault, and I wouldn't even be able to bring it out till you know, 25 years later. And it seems as though that this group of people that were born after 1980, this seems to be the group that this information that I've been holding for all these years is really for. So it was interesting to hear the 1985 date because it seems as though in 85, I started tracking a lot of different channels on the planet that kind of went sideways. When I mean sideways, I mean it's like they had really good information, then all of a sudden they did a 180, and you didn't know them anymore. Now, did you did you experience anything like that in 85 and 86 with any of the channels that you knew? Yes. Uh, although um, I didn't have I didn't have a large large circle of friends at that time, but among the UFO group, everybody did seem to be experiencing a lot. Yeah. So so tell us so, so tell us more about this X-ray vision and and what was its purpose and has it helped you to help diagnose um, people's illnesses? You've you've worked with this with health, right? Right. I well and other things too, but but mostly for for health readings. Uh, and it, it turns out, you know, I really didn't gain uh, get a handle on it until. A few years. It took me a few years to realize the talent that had been given me this 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 ability. And although I had been already doing psychic readings and listening to spirit guides, it it just took this turn uh, to an increased level of, of you know all aspects of that. And the X-ray vision then turned into seeing areas of the body that had disease in it, uh, anything that had inflammation, if there was a blockage somewhere, if there were missing organs. And then oh, when I turned 50 years old, this is eight years ago, 
everything just ramped up again exponentially. So now it's even better than that. It's more like looking at a photograph or actually being inside the body, better than any CAT scan or MRI can do. And so I have even actually helped chiropractors diagnose some of their more difficult cases and, and, and also one physician. When they have been run into a problem, they'll call me and say, you know, what do you see? And that helps them with the diagnosis, you know, to work further on it. But I can also switch it into microscopic view and see the blood and actually see red blood cells and the things that might be in there that are not supposed to be in there. And it will give me an indication. Of course, not being a health professional, a lot of times I can't identify what I'm looking at, but I can describe it to the person and then they can go do further research to find out what it might be. And then, of course, you know, I've helped, uh, it comes in handy at my work. We have a construction company and almost every day somebody will ask me or give me a call to help like find a gas line or find where they should drill somewhere or find out what's wrong with a vehicle because the auto shop couldn't figure it out, things like that. And I'll, I'll just do like a long distance dowsing and remote view and see where the problem is. So it does come in handy that way too. Lavender, are you having trouble with your phone? Because we can't hear you again. I'm talking. Huh. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, we can hear you now. Oh, no, we can't. Me? Not yeah, you're coming in your 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 phone is cutting in and out. Okay, well, I don't know what to tell you. Get well, um do you have another phone to use? I'm going to go get the other phone. I'm going to go get the other phone. Okay. Well, well you I know Mercury went continue. direct Mercury went direct um uh, last Thursday, but I think it's still got some. Uh, it's got some. Oh, before we get some uh, technical electronic things ironed out. Oh gosh, we've had all kinds of trouble here. Oh, yeah, we can hear you. Okay, I changed phones. Oh, that's much better. Okay, good. All right. So, so my question is about Candida. I I did a black light test and they took my blood and showed me these little creepy crawly candida things crawling in the blood. So can you see things like that with your with your vision? Yes, yes, I do. So have you run across a lot of candida in people? There is a lot, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. There, there are a lot of a lot of things that don't belong in the blood are, are in people's body. Um, I see parasites quite often. Uh, there are just so many things, and I think everybody in the world needs to do a cleanse, you know, uh, huh. to get rid of these things because they're just rampant. Right. I understand that. So can you give us a story about someone that, or something that you've experienced, say, with an abduction case or people that um, – could you share us some stories about things that are happening in your area where you have maybe a group of abductees that meet quite often and – can you? Because we have a lot of people that listen to our show 
that have been abducted or contacted. We have a lot of awake people. Our, we've been on the show now for about five years, and we have a pretty large audience, and a lot of them really want to know more and more about what's happening with with contacts and with abductions on the planet. So anything that you could share with us, we would love to hear it. Well, we do have a large ET abduction group here in Kansas City. We call it the ET Experiencers Group. And there are all, a lot of people who each person has to be vetted first before they're allowed to join. And this is run by a person who is a licensed therapist. She is not an experiencer herself, but she sympathizes with and understands the situation and what people are going through. And just by having this group and talking to others, that has been extremely therapeutic. And then some people go and see her privately. But some of the people have asked me to remote view their situation. And, you know, they might have a question about what may have happened sometime and if, if they were really taken and uh, or they may remember some things and take notes and then they want to compare to see if it's accurate. So I will do that for them. In fact, I do that for abductees all over the U.S. and, and other countries. They And I've also worked on some cases that are, you know, by investigators who have questions. And it doesn't matter the time period. As long as it's from either present or past, I can get to it quite easily. The future is a little more difficult, but sometimes it will come through if it's something really big. Or in in my case, I have been shown directly by ET some of some future events that are worldwide catastrophic events, and they will show me that they don't they don't give me an exact date. However, that's very frustrating. But I think it has something to do with the fact that uh, it could be different timelines or our future can be changed. So, you know, it, the, time, the time something happens is, is never exact as far as the future is concerned. Do they have anything to say about Japan or the radiation or the possibility that more is going to be happening in Japan that will that will cause a tsunami to come to the west coast. Have they said anything about that? I haven't. They did tell me in advance that there would be some major events happening around the Ring of Fire, and especially Japan, Alaska, and California. So I'm waiting now for the California and Alaska, either volcanoes or earthquakes, to occur. They never show me exactly if it's a volcano or earthquake, but there is a large red dot on a map that I see, and it radiates out. And so I see the whole ring of fire being lit up, basically, that there's going to be a lot of activity. And I would, I am going to say volcanoes and earthquakes happening. But the, the worst, the major thing that is going to be coming up is that all coastlines will be flooded. So this has something to do with polar shift, a pole shift. And I, it's going to be very quick, and it's all going to be at the same time. They keep showing me visions of that happening. They also keep showing me visions of the New Madrid fault, and I hear 10.0, 10.0. 
and this has been happening for the past five years, but more, more and more frequently lately. They did also show me during a time that I was taken aboard a craft, uh, they showed me like an LCD screen and either they don't give me any direct communication at the time and just show me the pictures or whatever they have downloaded into my brain is still in my subconscious and hasn't come forward yet. Uh, a lot of times this happens. So, for instance, several years ago, I saw a large asteroid hit Russia. Well, that was a catastrophic event and it showed me that it affected the whole Earth and it looked like an extinction level event. Well, that asteroid that came in to Russia, then you could see that it was shot out of the sky. So that was either by us or by ETs. I don't know which, but somebody knew it was coming on and it was on the way and predicted it and took it out. So that it, because I, I believe if they hadn't have done that, then a lar much larger piece would have hit Russia and that would have been much more catastrophic. But that was one thing I was shown and I wrote about in my blog before it happened. But now the uh, they've shown me that they've placed these metal rods both at the North Pole and the South Pole to stabilize the Earth so when the pole shift happens it won't be as, as catastrophic. And then they've also placed a rod in the upper part of the New Madrid Fault and the lower part to help stabilize that. So I don't know if it's just putting it off or if it's going to make it not so bad because a 10.0 quake would be a worldwide event and hopefully that doesn't happen. Right. So do but you the, have many uh, women that come to you talking about that they've been impregnated and they stay, you know, pregnant for three or four months and then the baby disappears? Have you had any of those stories to happen? Oh, yes, quite a few of them, quite a few. And, in, in fact, I've had that experience myself. Yeah, we have a lot of women at, that, that come to me with that, and uh, a lot of people that listen to the show have these experiences. So if there's anything you can pass on to the people that are listening that have had these experiences, they would really appreciate anything you have to say. Well, the only thing about that is it, it appears to me that whoever is doing this, obviously extraterrestrials, uh, is doing it for either their own purposes or for ours to help somebody. And I don't believe they're here to hurt the women that they're using for this, although as a side effect, some of us do have some female issues. and could live without that and would much rather live without that. Uh, but this may be the only way that they can have a breeding program and we believe it's probably hybrids because very often women are shown children that either look human or hybrid, part alien, part human. And for what reason, I'm not sure about that, maybe to just give them some closure that yes, you you know you you didn't imagine what happened to you, and here this is your child, and and then you know they may never see them again, or they may see them years down the road another time. Sometimes 
I've heard that happen. They might see the same child two or three times, but usually not. And I had not experienced that myself until just a few months ago. I always suspected throughout my life that because I did have some pregnancies and then they were just gone. Um, I always suspected it, but I had a very, very vivid dream just recently that I was handed a baby that was obviously part human and part ET. And so that was my first experience with that. Well, you said that, that when you turned 50 that um, there was kind of a shift that happened. Uh, did you know that when you turn 49 that you get brand new cells in your body like a brand new baby? No, I didn't know that, but yeah, I was so, up to that. So, so what happened was you incubated for, for while you were 49, getting all those new cells going. So when you became 50, that was your launch. That was your launch birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, that's for sure, because everything has been increased. I mean, visitations, uh, telepathic contact, I've been able to now not just wait for them to contact me, I can contact them when I want to and, you know, just get answers to almost almost anything. And also, they've helped me out health-wise. They've taken care of a couple of issues that were made probably life-threatening. At, well, at least three times, at least three times, and and then I was just better the next day. It, it's unbelievable. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, I, so I, they, had, I had a question for you, and it just left my head. Just a minute. Let me get my question <laughs> back. <laughs> well, they will step in. For me, this is a big question I was having with some other experiencers. They'll step in when it's life-threatening, but not when it's not. If it's something just annoying, you know, like fibromyalgia or TMJ that a lot of us have that are experiencers, they don't take care of that. No, they don't. <laughs> rather not have it. Yeah, right. So do you do you have like a private practice where people come and you diagnose and, and use your X-ray vision, or do do you, does it happen by word of mouth? How do people find you? No, I have not been been had the time to do that for years. I only help now with missing person or unsolved homicide cases for law enforcement. Okay. Uh, so I, yeah, and I'll help friends uh, or if somebody is in, in dire need of something. I'll do readings once in a while. But most of the time, I when I do that sort of thing, it's in front of a crowd. I'm doing a seminar, and I'll do some demonstrations and do some readings or... Um, uh, do you know? I do some by email once in a while. I'll take one on if I've got some time. But you know, I, I don't. With my contracting business is full time plus, and then my investigative work that I do for MUFON and for Quest, it just keeps me, you know, and in writing books and doing seminars. I'm too busy. So uh, let, let me ask you: Have you got a hit on where those two guys that escaped from that penitentiary in New York? Do you have a hit on wh where they went? I haven't tried to look at that, but I will. I will. I'll let you know if I get something. Oh, I don't know. I just kind of thought maybe you might have a hit on what where they might have gone. Do you know what their names are? No, not right off the bat. I, I've seen it I don't know how many times, but I, to pull it okay. right now, I, I, I won't be yeah, able to. Yeah, I've got – that's how I do my readings. I have to hear the name yeah. of, the, of the people. Yeah. And uh, 
once I hear that, that hear the vibration of the name, then I can tune in. We just right. had a couple here in Kansas City that that escaped, and I was tuning in on that, but they found them. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to the uh, to the um, uh, missing fetuses and the pregnancies. We had a a lady come on our show a few years ago and did a show called Vanishing Twins. She's done a lot of research um, discovering these women that would be pregnant with twins, and then they would only deliver one, and the other one would be aboard ship. So have you heard about this? I have heard about that, and I also remote viewed for several people who thought there might have been another child there, and I have seen this happen in in the 50s, 60s, 70s, when they were still using anesthetic and knocking women out. I saw several instances where the doctor and a nurse or uh, anesthesiologist were all involved in this, and they would take the second baby and make a phone call, and then I would see a man and a woman show up and take the baby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So they're not only ETs involved, but humans as well. Oh, I had heard about that. Wow. Yeah. So do you do you think our government or the military and the ETs were in on some of the some of those experiments? I'm sure of it. Oh yeah. wow. Oh wow. I, I had never really looked at that before until you just said that. Wow. Another angle. <laughs> Another angle. Oh my goodness. So tell us when now you, when did you find out about Craig and Stranger at the Pair? When did you put together that it was Valiant Thor that you saw on the wall? Well, uh, yeah, that's a story. I, well, since then, I've been in contact with Valiant Thor. He's appeared to me. He's helped me. He's told me how to use certain talents, things like that. Every once in a while, he'd just pop in and he'd tell me to do things like write books. And he, he told me to start the NXT magazine because I wasn't getting my books done fast enough, and that would be another way to get the word out. So I've been in contact with him. Well, one day I was driving home. I used to have a a shop on the square here in Independence, and I was driving home, and it was this weird electrical storm with these low, dark clouds and no rain or thunder, just this electricity. And I, I thought, no, this is kind of strange looking. And I'm driving on Lexington, approaching the RLDS Temple, which is a very tall, spiral, strange-looking steel building that sticks out like a sore thumb. And these clouds were all the way down, almost to the ground, 20 or 30 feet from the ground. With And with this one cloud in particular had come down in this oval shape. And as I approached the building, the cloud quickly went up, but they were still then covering this tall structure, which is two or 300 feet tall. And all of a sudden, well, I had stopped the car by then to take pictures because I'd never seen anything like that. And this white beam of light came from within the clouds and it hit very, very, very top uh, the antenna of that building. And I was thinking, what in the heck could that be? when Balthor's voice popped in my head and said, this is Commander Valiant Thor. 
Now, always before, he had only said the name Thor. So this is the first time I heard that. And he said, we are communicating with people in the sub-basement of that structure and using the light for communication. And then he was gone. Well, three years ago, I did a talk for the Psychic Studies Institute, and I was driving home when Gail Warmer, a friend of mine, and she's on the board of directors for the Psychic Studies Institute, she's a psychic, she called me on the cell phone at 10.30, and she says, who the heck is Thor? And I said, oh my goodness, I haven't told anybody about this. And she said, well, he just called me, meaning telepathically, and said, you need to contact him. So I guess he hadn't been able to get through to me because I'd been so busy and I had no time to listen or meditate. And so I did so immediately. And uh, and then she she did some investigating on her own because she wanted to find out. And she found out about the book, Stranger at the Pentagon, by Dr. Frank Stranges. And she ordered it. She sent it to me. And I had it in my office, I had it at my house, and when I'd go to read it, I couldn't find it. And it was just gone. Well, a few months went by, and I got very sick. I got pneumonia, and I could feel myself leaving my body, and I thought that was it. So I called Thor telepathically, and he appeared, and the next day, I was over it. It was just gone. And I was standing in my kitchen talking to my husband when his voice interrupted me, says, go get that book and read it right now. Stranger to Pentagon. And I said, well, I don't know where it is. And here I am, a remote viewer, and I find things, right? I couldn't find it. <laughs> he said, go, yeah, you go in the living room, and underneath the table, on the right side of the couch, at the very top of that pile of books, is the book. And I, well, I've looked there five times, but I'll go look anyway. Sure enough, there it was. Well, I think what it was is it just wasn't time for me to read it yet. He wanted he had a time schedule, so it appeared it was time for me to read it. And I read the book and I look at this and I said, wait a minute, this is the Valiant Thor is my Thor. And that there was a picture of him in there. So I knew it was him. Just didn't have the helmet on in, in the book, but I found out recently that they do wear helmets at times. So that's how all that got started. And then I started digging, and I found Craig Campobasso. We started communicating, and we've been in touch ever since. He's been on my radio show, and and then I decided we needed to get him out here. So you know, really, Val Thor set all of that stuff up. He set it up to happen. And the people that needed to hear it in Kansas City heard it and saw the short film. And, yeah, there are a lot more people are... Um, you know, enlightened by it. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a feeling that when you go through your pictures, I have a feeling that a picture of him is going to be in there somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, I think you should look and see. Somebody I hope has, so. Somebody's captured him. Yeah, I feel like that, that'll happen. Well, I, I kept seeing visions of him before the event. Uh, I saw visions of him walking across the stage. And one lady walked up to me afterwards and she said, 
do any of the people in his craft wear one-piece silver suit? I said, yes. She goes, well, I saw him up there on the stage. <laughs> so. Okay. Oh, wow. It's interesting. It's a lot of fun when things like that happen. So, so let me ask you about your community in, in, in Missouri and Kansas. Uh, yeah, I'm in Oklahoma, so uh, we don't really have many uh, sightings where I live. But I, I've noticed that over in South uh, East Oklahoma, they're having some sightings. Are you having any up around where you are? Are people calling in? Uh, oh, what's what's the temperature there? Well, in the last ninety days, we've had forty-nine sightings in the state of Missouri. Kansas City has been a UFO hotspot since two thousand eleven when in October we had 87 sightings in Kansas City, the most of anywhere in the world. And it has not let up since. We have had this ongoing, you know, we have up and down waves, but there's constantly something coming going on here. And we have, you know, reports of the same craft from multiple witnesses in different locations. And several events just like that that are just amazing. One of the things we've got that has been ongoing for at least three years is uh, a light that we call Bob. Well, it would see it so often. I've seen it at least three times. So I just kind of nicknamed it Bob so we all know what we're talking about. And what this is is a very, very bright object. And sometimes two or three will appear in the sky, but usually one. And it can be in any direction, uh, north, south, east, west. And it will flash always from right to left with three different colors. And the colors are usually white, red, or green, or white, blue, and, and red, something like that. And then you'll see these like half a second turns. So it's obvious that something is spinning to cause these lights. Well, when they first appeared, we early uh, April of 2012, I got a I got a report from a man in Blue Springs, and he said this whole neighborhood had been out for two weeks watching these lights, and so they finally decided to report to MUFON. And I made plans to go out. I had another investigation I had to do that same night, so I didn't get there that same night. I went the next night. But the same night he called, I also got a call from Dave Jordan at KCTV5, and he went out with his camera woman, and they told me the next night that they had an experience the night before that scared his camera woman so bad she refused to come back. I said, well, you know, and I'm, I'm just expecting to see lights in the sky or identify them as common planets or stars, right? Well, that wasn't the case. He tells me that they saw this object and watched it for quite some time when all of a sudden it shot across to the other horizon or to the horizon and back again in a split second. He said the speed was incredible, couldn't imagine it, and they thought they might have been looking at a star too, but when that thing shot across the sky and back, and then they started seeing these laser beam-like lights around the sky red and white. You know, what was odd was a couple of weeks prior to that, 
I got a call from a man in Lee's Summit who told me that he was seeing red and white laser beam-like lights. And so the night that I set up, I'm setting up with my binoculars, and this is still dusk. You couldn't see any lights yet. They weren't visible. This white laser beam-like light shines right as I'm looking in the binoculars and just blinding me for a few seconds. It was so bright. I had another investigator with me, and he saw the same thing. And so then we really thought something might be up. So we're watching the sky, and then these two lights appear before anything else. You, can, you can't see any other stars or planets, but these two are so bright at dusk that they appear first. And this is consistent, by the way, so anybody from, you know, anywhere can go out at dusk, keep an eye on anything that shows up first. Now, Venus is very bright, Jupiter is very bright, and uh, Mars is very bright. You've got to, you know, have a sky map with you or get to Google Sky or Google Sky Map on your phone and look up and see where things are. So that's exactly what I did at that point. And I saw the one, I thought, eh, that might be Venus. So I take a look. It was below the horizon. I shouldn't have been able to see it. The other one I thought might have been Arcturus. And so then I looked at both of them through the high-powered binoculars, and I saw a metallic grid around each of them. Well, that's something that's a near-Earth object, probably outside of our atmosphere, but and up there, but not a star. It's got a grid pattern around it. And um, so ever since, we have had a number of witnesses that have seen this. I'd say 100 people have seen this at least. We've had MUFON meetings and had our whole group outside and, and watch them. Sometimes they'll hang around for a few hours and then suddenly just disappear completely on a clear night. Sometimes this has been known to hover right around in front of, say, Venus and then disappear or then move slightly and then you can see both of them at the same time. So it's like it's using some stars to kind of mask itself, but it doesn't work 100% of the time. And, you know, most people don't look up, much less watch something for hours on end. But if you do, you, you know, the likelihood of seeing something unusual is, is much better. Now, we don't know what it is. I, I kind of suspect that it is a space station of some type, and it's probably something of ours. Yeah, probably. I wanted to ask you, uh, do you have any big lakes up around Kansas City? Is there is there a yes. big lake area anywhere close where we, there might be yeah. an, an underwater base? Well, that's funny that you mentioned that because we do have several lakes. One of them is Blue Springs Lake, and we have a witness that lives right near there who has triangulated a location where he's seen these lights go into the water or seen objects go into the water. Now, we also did a Google Earth check of that area, and there are some very strange-looking angular structures under the water that don't look natural at all. Not sure exactly what they are, but we've had a, oh, at least a dozen witnesses see things going in and out of 
the Blue Springs Lake. And I so I suspect something's going on there. We're we're working on investigating that right now as well. How how far are you from the Lake of the Ozarks? Oh, three hours. Yeah. It's I often wondered about that place. I often want. I used to go there as a kid, and and I I would have very strange experiences there. So I always later on thought, you know, there's there's got to be a UFO base underneath that water there somewhere. We have quite a few reports from there. In fact, I just got one last week. Yeah. So yeah, there are some strange things happening. At, in fact, some of the more bizarre cases happen there. I've had cases where people are driving and all of a sudden they're in a complete different location, don't know how they got there, but they're still driving. Well, that's, that's what happened to me. We were driving along and and the car jumped 86 miles in, in like oh. like a minute. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I will yeah. never forget that. That one just blew my mind totally. And I was... Oh, I was in my early 20s, I guess, when that happened. <laughs> was that anywhere around Sunrise Beach by any chance? Yeah, I think it was. That is one of the biggest hotspots in the state. Yeah, okay. At, at the lake, around Sunrise Beach, we have the strangest things. Yeah. I've had people say that they saw people that, or they walked into an area and they saw people that were dressed in, in like 1850s clothing. And then they would look later, and they were gone. And like yeah. the whole family, just right. gone. Well, uh, I had somebody tell me that they've seen Bigfoot there, several sightings of Bigfoot, and at, in conjunction with a UFO sighting. One lady had a UFO chase her for over 100 miles that started in that area. Yeah, well... So, so is the is the uh, Madrid Fault part? Is that close to Kansas City? No, it's down in the boot hill of Missouri, in the very, very southeast corner, and also over into Illinois. Okay. It's a very large fault, but they but there are some branches that come off of it up into Kansas City, that actually ends uh, right underneath Richard Skabauer Air Base. Wow. One of the fault. Now, do you have how many, how many Air Force bases do you have in in Missouri? Well, we have Whiteman, of course, where the B two is stationed, and then uh, Richard Skabauer, which is supposed to have been closed for years, but has a lot of activity going on and a lot of vehicles out there. Then, not very far away, over in Kansas, at Fort Riley, is where the Apaches are stationed. So there's uh, there's a lot. There and then we have several army bases in the state. Fort Leonard Wood. There's one down near Neosho. There's you know and and of course the stealth has been misidentified as a UFO on a number of occasions. We're we're right. certain of it. Now ha- have you ever been to Roswell, New Mexico, to their little their little gathering that they have every Fourth of July? Have you gone to that yet? I have not. I, something keeps stopping me from getting out there. I always get, you know, called to do something else, but I do want to, to get there, so I will yep. very soon. Yeah. I know. I'm the same way. I, I've been trying to get there for years uh, on that date, and something always comes up, and I guess it's the Teton meetings in Wyoming that is what keeps me from showing up. But I've often wondered about how many star seeds and people that are awake that go there that, 
we might know. We probably know a lot of people that show up there. You know, there are a lot of people who are awake, but a lot of them don't talk about it. They're, well, they're you know, probably they, afraid to talk about it. They are, and they've got to get to know you first. And uh, a lot of times you just go to meetings like this and kind of hang out and start to talk, and, and then sometimes they'll open up. But, yeah, there are a lot. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you were growing up, did you have brothers and sisters? And did, was there anybody else in your family that was um, psychic or, or uh, knew the kind of things that you were starting to know when you were growing up? Or did you have to do all this by yourself? I basically had to do it all myself. Nobody else had the abilities that I had or understood it. They uh, kind of thought I was nuts. Well, my brother and sister did. Although... They did have some of the same experiences, but then they would forget about it or they would deny it. Uh, they would you know, say that they imagined it, it was a dream. So they were having some experiences, but they're still to this day not able to it, 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 you know, talk about it and, and, and bring it up to their, you know, their full consciousness. Right. But my fa my father was the most open-minded. He actually did a lot of study in the metaphysical and esoteric fields. Uh, not so much UFO. I, I taught him about that. But he he was he was definitely in contact with some higher spiritual beings. So he was the one that I would was able to talk to most often. Uh, but my mother, you know, she was always very analytical. Uh, was still open-minded, and she's the one who bought me my first book about Edgar Casey when I was about 14 and told me to read it because it would maybe explain some of the things I was going to through, and I was happy to have it because then I realized there were other people out there like me that I wasn't completely nuts. And of yeah, course, Edgar in the 70s, you know, yeah, we didn't Edgar have... Case. Edgar Casey's kind of where I started when I was young, Yeah. Right. Remember, there is a river, Edgar Casey, uh, Thomas Segrew, yeah. And then there was Ruth yeah, Montgomery, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, when we were young, the only place to find this information was the library. There, there was no Internet. There was, you know, very few, uh, there were a few magazines, you know, get get a hold of that, but you'd have to read it. And I didn't even know that there was any such thing as a convention until it was much older. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. So um, tell us some more about some of the things that you think our audience might be interested in, whether you've seen crafts or had experiences with different people that have. or um, Has anyone been able to go aboard ship and remember and bring back with, with full consciousness? Have you had anybody like that? Yes, yes. As, as far as investigations I've done, um, I've had my own as well, and but I will say this: that's few and far between. They usually bury that. They'll leave it in your subconscious, and then at some point they might let you remember it, or maybe through hypnosis or a sudden something will trigger the memory. So that's why I always tell people to keep a journal, everything that comes forward like that, and then finally you might get a whole picture. Or we may not ever get a, a whole picture. But rarely, you know, once in a while, we get to have an experience where we remember the whole thing consciously. And I have talked to a few people that have had that. I know 
Um, I had a strange experience uh, about three or four years ago when I woke up outside at 3 a.m. in the morning in my nightgown sitting in my car. And I had no idea how I got there and couldn't, could, nothing like that had ever happened to me. So I went inside and the door to the side was unlocked. So obviously I had gone out, but I didn't remember it. My husband wasn't home at the time. He usually isn't when these things happen. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that too. And, uh, he, he just has not experienced it, although he did get to experience one thing I'll tell you about in a minute. But at, at this time, I just was, I called my daughter and I said, I don't know what's going on. This is just too weird. Not like me at all. She says, why don't you remote view it? And I said, well, okay, that's a novel idea. Uh, I didn't think of that. So I did remote view it. And what I saw, and oh, and what I remembered from the night before also was just lying in bed and looking up and seeing part of my ceiling disappear. Just this black hole come in the ceiling. So then when I saw in remote viewing was this hole come in the ceiling and this extraterrestrial who I knew, I mean, I just knew I knew him, reaches down with his hand and I took his hand and he just pulled me up through this hole and all of a sudden I'm on a craft. And it's a silver round disc type craft sitting there watching this screen. And during that session, he showed me several things, but one of the things was the asteroid hitting the planet in Russia. And uh, so, let's see, what was I going to tell you? I was going to tell you something that happened that I said a minute ago. Something else strange. Well, you but, said something about, your, you said you were going to say something about what your husband experienced. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. One, oh, I guess three years ago, I was dead asleep, really tired. And I don't remember this at all. My husband told me the next morning. He said, he noticed I was becoming agitated and kind of moving around in bed, which I never do. I'm always just dead still. And then I turned around on my back, and he was trying to wake me up because he knew something was wrong. And I was, I was like whimpering and maybe talking, but he couldn't understand what I was saying. And he's trying to wake me up, and I said, I'm not here right now, but I'll be back later. And he said it was, in, it was in a voice that wasn't my voice. Well, in the morning, I didn't know any of that happened. I tell him that I had a very strange dream that there were ETs floating above my bed. And then he told me that. And he said it freaked him out. He was He was shaken by that for several days. And he said, I know something's going on, and it had something to do with extraterrestrials. So he was afraid that he didn't bother me anymore. He just wanted to wait. And he said, I eventually just calmed down and went to sleep. Wow. But where stuff like that happens to me uh, quite often, I guess. Now, have you journaled all these different experiences that you've had? Uh, yeah. yeah, they're in a book. The book is about three-quarters of the way done. Oh well, good. Well, and when you finish it, you need to come back on our show and 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 tell the the our audience about your new book. That's great. I'd be glad to. There's, yeah. There are a lot of experiences, weird, weird experiences, psychic experiences, uh, disappearing people, sh 
shadow people. It just, you know, must, it's, it's not a dull life. Let's put it like that. Let, let but me I ask you, know. have you come across anyone that has talked about these soulless ones, the ones that are kind of robotic but they don't have souls and they just, they are like this one um, instance that I remember, this car was coming into Canada and this woman uh, was that she was the, the ranger there uh, as she came in the United States, and she looked at this person and looked in his eyes, and she, she said, oh, he has no soul. So she went and, and grabbed some other uh, friends of hers to, to, to examine the car, and, of course, the car was filled with bombs, and he was on his way to Seattle to blow up the needle. And she mm. talked about that she knew he had no soul. So wow. have, you, have you run across uh, any of these, um, these beings that have no soul? I have run into a warlock and a non-human being uh, twice, but nothing like that. No, oh, okay. not anything that I would say had no soul. But I do have some of my witnesses have told me that they've seen some very, very scary things. And one one thing that does keep popping up, by the way, is a thin man with very pale skin and with a an old fashioned frock coat on and a top hat or a low brim hat. And then the top and this is very very detailed, white shirt with a one of those thin bow ties, like old western thin, real thin tie. And that guy is very, very scary. And a lot of people describe him as either having no soul or very evil or they think he's the devil and and you know this this may or may not be an extraterrestrial I'm not sure but it's an it's a negative entity and I would steer clear of that guy. Kind of reminds me of the mama's man. The mama's man kind of looks like that. Yeah and they oddly did you see the movie Poltergeist? Yes. They have a man in there that that is very similar. Yeah. Okay. Very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I see what time it is, and um, this is the time when I I ask Ariel to come on, and she has the switchboard, and there may be some people that might want to say hello to you or, or talk to you for a few moments on the switchboard. Are you willing to take a couple of phone calls? Oh, sure. Okay. Great. So, Marge, thank you so much for being on our show, and I'm going to send you an email. We're going to talk about your star markings in your chart. We'll get that scheduled sometime this week, okay? Oh, wonderful. That sounds great. Thank you okay, so much. So, so back to you, Ariel. Okay. Well, um, if you are already on our switchboard, you'll need to press 1 if you have a, a question or a comment for Margie. And if you are not already on the switchboard, if you're listening on your computer, then you would need to dial 917-889-8292 and then press 1 when you're prompted. But um, i got a, a couple questions for you while we're waiting for that uh, process to uh, complete. And one of them is that I'm sure you can tell, but how can maybe you guide others to tell the difference between um, astrals and ETs? Uh, yeah, that's a difficult one because the ETs also travel in, in uh, fifth, sixth, seventh dimension. 
And when we're traveling in 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 our astral bodies, uh, you know, we we see that we're in the same space. And uh, I often see ETs when I'm traveling in an astral body. So yeah, that's difficult. I guess you know by appearance probably. Is there some is some kind of a an energy signature, or? Um because I mean, I, I talk to a lot of people as well, and and discernment is really the key. If you if you're confronted with a being that's not, you know, in the third dimension, just because they're not in the third dimension, number one, doesn't make them uh, omniscient or or you know all knowing, but right, you'd have to yeah. I mean, yeah, you can have positive and negative in, in both dimensions. I would say just, you know, keep your antenna up just like you do uh, when you're in your third dimensional body and uh, also always have your protection uh, all the time with, with crystals and white light or whatever method that you use. And, you know, that's certainly what I do because people who work in the light are always going to be under attack by the dark side and you know we've got to keep our guard up and and uh, keep our protection up and ask and and what I do too you know I will ask my guides and also sometimes ask Thor for assistance and to take care of whatever negative entities there are and then when you are if you're communicating with one you will simply ask are you of the light and if they're not they'll, they'll just go so that's one way too. I mean, do you do you ever um, have you ever had an occasion where you had to tell an energy, you know, get out of here? Uh, I'm not. Oh yeah. You know. Sure. And we do have that that power and that ability. If oh yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And um, they, yeah, I'm. Thor just told me, in fact, a few days ago that I'm a warrior, which I already knew, but. You know, he gave he actually gave me some assistance uh, for anything that might happen in the future, which I was told not you know not to tell exactly what that is. But I do have some extra assistance now, uh, and uh, you know you do have to kind of be a warrior sometimes. And if you're not, uh, you've got to either learn some techniques or get some help somewhere else. Yeah. So well, I guess the the bottom line is that. Um uh, if you're not sure, then you know back off. Because um, as as Lavendar always says, um, I mean, let me see if I'm quoting you correctly, Lavendar. Um, it, if you don't know who you are, you can you can bet that someone else does. Is that how you say it, Lavendar? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I guess she. I guess she didn't hear me. Yeah. Um, the other question I wanted to ask you about is: um, I, I read someplace on your website that, um, with, with your with your special vision, that uh, you can also detect implants in a body. Sure. You see anything that's in, in there that's not supposed to be, you know, whether uh-huh. it's uh, you know a metal knee or a hip or or something like that, but certainly implants as well. And what a lot of people don't realize is there are there are implants 
in probably almost all of us, which then makes you wonder how many people are involved in this abductee experience. But, you know, by the same token, we don't really have to worry too much about that because, first of all, I haven't ever known anybody that's been injured or killed by extraterrestrials. And that there are always so many of them, like Valiant Four. I mean, one of his missions is to protect the planet and protect human beings from the negative entities. And so if we, if we just keep um, our energy high, keep our vibrations high, that's what we'll attract and we will be protected from the negative. All right, well, there's got to, there's got to be a, um, some kind of a, a, a sympathetic resonance if, if you are living in <clears throat> um, anger and hatred that you're going to attract more of those lower energies and the higher you hold your frequency... Um, then also the higher energies you will be attracting, and um, yes. you know I mean it's it's kind of hard to to you know keep holding the high note 24 hours a day, but I think as long as you're there most of the time, um, then you'll probably uh, not be experiencing those those other sides, and and certainly the more you focus on things that you don't want, the more <laughs> the harder it is to get away from them because you're kind of feeding them. But well, that is one thing that, that I learned early on is whatever you're thinking about or focusing on or, or visualizing, it's what's going to be attracted to you. So if you don't want something negative, don't think about it. And that's one of the first things I tell people that say are having poltergeist activity in their house or they think something demonic is on their property. I tell them, quit talking about it. Don't discuss it on the phone. Don't email your friends about it. Ignore and just pretend that it doesn't exist. Because what, what these negative things want to do is take energy from you. And what they, and the best thing that they can get is something that, that they create out of anger or fear or hate. And that's what they live on. So if you, you know, if that's not there anymore, they'll give up and go on. And that won't be your experience. But, you know, we're all on a journey. And however long it takes us to get to the end point, which there may, may never be an end point, but we're all evolving and growing, and we're all going to get there eventually. It's just different paths to the same place. Absolutely. But the more we can, yeah, the more we can concentrate and live in a higher vibration in every aspect of our lives, then these things are will you know come forward. I mean, I've talked to people who have never had any experience of even seeing a UFO, for instance, or seeing a spirit or a spirit guide. And all that is is a matter of just fine-tuning your vibration and your awareness. And there are, you know, different techniques you can can do to use to do that. But the main thing is the desire to have it and keeping that um, energy with you all the time. 
Right. Uh, and it, uh, you're right. It is. It's. It's different for everybody, and everyone's on different levels. But we are all evolving. So you're going to get there <laughs> sooner or later. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a a foregone conclusion. And you know, energies and, and beings like Valiant Thor. I'm sure that he is um, in good company with a lot of the um, advanced ET races. And we keep reiterating on this show that there are so many, many benevolent races who follow the rules, who follow the universal laws, and um, and it's just the, um, the, the mischievous ones are getting all the all the press and the attention because they do stir up that, you know, the fear and, and that can spread like like a, a virus um, among people. I mean, fear has often been, um, always been a tool for oppressors in, in every dimension. Uh, if you want to control somebody, you just have to scare them enough. So, and that <laughs> that reminds That's me true, but- of another another Star Trek episode where there was an entity that fed on on fear and hatred, and the way they banished it was just by laughing in its face, and it had to go away. Yes, you can you, you know? can do that. You can also just send love. You can send pink hearts. They they don't like that. They they also don't like light. You flip the light switch on, light a candle. They don't like that either. Yeah, and I think well, you know, Thor's main mission here is to help raise consciousness for the planet. And you know, he he told me this personally, and he said that I'm among some of the people who have been chosen to help raise consciousness. So, yeah, that's that's my job as much as I can do it. That you know, that is my intent for the rest of my life to to try to do that. Well, you know, Craig has been a guest on our show many times, and uh, uh, we've and we've had other um, another guest who also had met Valiant Thor um, in the third dimension when he was here in the in the late fifties, and I think she was about seventeen or eighteen. Um, Judy Beebe, remember Lavendar? And uh, she said, if you can imagine, because I mean, he's. He's a, a, a created angelic being, and um, I mean, I've seen his picture, and he's, he looks like a movie star, and I know that that made a very lasting impression on her, but she has had him um, um, show up from time to time, and it makes me wonder um, how, I mean, I know they have a long lifespan, but how many how many people across the planet have encountered him with or without knowing who he is? Yes, and he told me that he wants me to write a book about him and to contact several people who have been in contact with him to put that in the book. So I would love for anybody to have contact to, you know, to let me know because I need to, you know, and and it's <laughs> it's funny, but several have already come to me. And he told me it would be, he would make sure that the right people got to me and I didn't have to do too much work as far as that was concerned. The people that are to be in the book would, would be found. So that's interesting that you're mentioning 
uh, this lady, Judy. So I, I would definitely like to talk to her. Yeah, well, um, we can we can hook you up. And um, I think she also had Nikolai Tesla show up um, because she has a she has a uh, a thing uh, called a gem sphere, but. There are there are so many people that I, that have had these extraordinary experiences. Although I don't think I've ever heard of anyone who has any more extraordinary than you have. But um, it's it's really time. I mean, don't you think it's time for people to speak up and to, and to come out? And is it safe now? It, it is. Like it, In fact, those words are exactly what Valiant Thor said within the last couple of weeks, now is the time. And I'm hearing other people use those exact words. So, yes, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned personally, I've kind of laid low and, and only a small group of people have known about my experiences until now. And he told me to come out with it, and no matter what the black backlash is from the skeptics, to just go forward with it. So that's what I'm doing. And I know a lot of other people are becoming more more and more open and probably have gotten the same message. Well, I do think that since um, December of 2012 that there has been major activations. I know we see that um, because we, we talk to people all over the world in the course of our work, and we see the patterns that, uh, like as I'm sure you do, you see patterns emerging from totally non-related groups of people that don't even have any idea that the others exist, and they're saying the same things, they're experiencing the same things, and the shift that is happening has accelerated things to uh, to a point now where people are finally finding their voices and coming out and and saying yes and the skeptics are dwindling even to the point where you know if i hear someone say something like you know oh there's no such thing as reincarnation or there's no such thing as as um you know extraterrestrials um they're the ones that are kind of being ridiculed now for being so closed and so blind mm-hmm. you know well and we i can thank the media for a lot of that you know, there are so many shows now, of course, movies and uh, a lot of TV shows and radio shows. Everybody at least knows about the subject. Well, sure. It, I mean, look, you know, Ancient Aliens is, is very well done, very scientific and respectable, and and people that are very third-dimensional um, can accept, you know, the... The, the premise of the history of this planet having been visited for eons of time. Mm-hmm. And, and I if, think... If only they knew. <laughs> they, they've been here before us. Before and, us, right. And yeah. they're walking among us now. You know, if only they all knew that, that would be awesome. Well, you know, there was a, a poll um, several years ago, I think when we were just getting started in in 2009... Um, I think on our first radio show, our first guest had um, uh, told us about a, a recent national poll where 65% of the people believe in 
the existence of intelligent life from other planets. And that's, that's uh, you know, a, a pretty staggering number when you think about uh, what it used to be. Oh, right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, you know, the, the children, and you know, when I say children, it's like anybody that's under 30, um, uh, that were born since August of 87, especially, they're coming in in waves, and they just know. They just know. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's like they they learn by osmosis. They already know everything. You can't even teach them. I know. They're telepathic. They they understand. um, And uh, we have, you know, on our, we have a a Starseed community with our our forum, um, starseedhotline.ning.com. And we've had a massive influx. Uh, I was just talking to Tammy about this, of um, people that are just flocking. And I like, who pushed the button um, that they're they're searching for each other, and they're coming mm-hmm. together. I mean, not only on our forum, but in all places. I mean, on the internet, there's there are groups and pockets of of star seeds who are starting to compare notes and and realize that there's nothing wrong with them. And, right. and, and yeah, and being different, yeah. you know, um, when we were growing up, the thing was just you know fit in and be like everybody else, and and um, you know just like you see on TV, and then you know <laughs> finally we give up and say, okay, I have to be who I am, and uh, it's it's just a matter of time before you do that. But the kids, they don't even bother trying; they just they just stand in their own light. And I'm loving that. Oh yeah, they're very, very matter of fact about it too. I, I have a grandson who's like that. He's extremely intelligent, has a high IQ, and sees unseen entities. Talks to them all the time, and he gets information from them. Uh, he's got a photographic memory. I mean, typical star child. It's just, just amazing to watch that, and it's so cool to see so many of them coming through now. It's it's like the and the the DNA activation is also wonderful that's happening in everybody. And to, to more so to some than others, but it's really happening to everybody. It's right. And it's awesome. I mean it was it's part of a, a grand design that's been unfolding probably for centuries, but the thing that that concerns me, and maybe you could give us some input on this, is these um, indigos and and I mean everybody likes to put labels on, you know, oh what are you? But they're all star seeds, as far as I'm concerned, um, with their higher sensitivities and um, you know higher higher energy levels, what is the impact of um, electromagnetics through cell phones and cell towers wow. to their well, ability? Well, that's bad for all of us. Um, oh, sure. I mean, I know it's bad for all of us, but, I mean, yeah. this, I mean, the children, I mean, those are the jewels of the future. What is it doing? What is the impact? And have you done, um, through your, um, you know, 
through your um, um, intuitive medical diagnosing work, can you see the um, the mutations of DNA caused by cell phones? Yes, and I can see tumors and cancer caused by it too. People just need they need to. Of course, we can't give them up because now we're all addicted to them. And I think that was a total conspiracy from the start. But that's another story. But what we can do is keep them as far away from us as possible when we're not using them and just stay on for a few minutes and then put it down. And don't spend hours and hours with the cell phone right next to your head or your your clock next to your bed. Keep, keep that away. That does disrupt uh, transmissions and communications telepathically as well. <laughs> That's why I always say meditate in a quiet space and without these things around. Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, the line went really quiet, and I thought maybe you got cut off. Um, there is a, a a really nifty little website that I found. It's called Antenna Search, and if if you have some mysterious thing that's going on that you can't quite pinpoint, take a look and see how many cell phone towers and antennas are around your house. Oh, and even yeah. if you don't own a cell phone, um, you may still be experiencing some repercussions from that. But, yeah, I mean, interfering with your psychic ability and, um, you know, mutating starseed DNA, It's I know, as you said, the cell phones are not going anywhere. They're here to stay, but we can be smart about it and understand the risk. And, and be uh, smarter about it, yes. Be smarter, yeah. And there are, there are new technologies coming out. Um, do you know of any um, technologies that can mitigate the electromagnetic effect on human DNA? Actually, I, I did hear of something, and I'm not sure if it works exactly, uh, but I I am going to get one for my own house, and that is uh, something you hook up to your electric system because we're at uh, 60 hertz and Europe is at 50, uses 50. So that is, uh, the 50 hertz is better for us to be around as far as electrical wiring uh, because that's going through all the walls and everything that's around us all the time. And that negatively affects us physically and I'm sure mentally and psychically as well. But just getting away from technology and getting uh, getting grounded, going out and working in the garden, being outside, you know, get out of the house as, as often as you can or the office and don't sit looking at a computer screen all the time. That's another thing that I've noticed is affecting uh, the eyes, people's eyes and their third eye, psychic abilities, is that people who look at a screen all day. So, like, uh, if you want to read a book, go get a real book and read it. It's not, don't look at a screen, a bright LCD screen, because that's much harder on your eyes. You know, these, like, Kindles and things like that, I don't use for that reason. And it's nothing against Kindle, because it's a really cool thing, but uh, it's better to rest your eyes and let them look at something normally as much right. as possible. Right. 
Well, um, <clears throat> we don't have anybody with any questions, so that means that you've really covered your material well. We do have a lot of people on the switchboard, um, but just not with questions. So, well, if there... they want me to do a reading, I can do that over the air, too. Oh, I really? I... Yeah, they can ask, uh, yeah, like <laughs> ask one question about something and just tell me their name. Okay, well, that's very generous. I, I I didn't expect that. I thought perhaps that was something that um, that you wouldn't be wanting to do. But if you have, if you're listening and you have um, an urgent situation that you think Margie might be able to help you with, then um, you can call nine one seven eight eight nine eight two nine two, and then press one. And if you have that question, we'll just we'll chat for a few more minutes and uh, give you a chance to call in. And we won't have time for a, a whole bunch of questions, but um, we can certainly handle uh, two or three at the most. So, have you ever um, been up to East Seti Ranch? No, I have not. Uh, do you Can know you? do you know James Gilliland? Do you I know, know of him? him. Yes. Yeah. He's been on the show uh about three, maybe four times and we just adore him. His he's just so right on. He's a, a vigilant light on the planet and um a lot of people have gone up there um I think with the intent of of proving that you see it's all a bunch of it's all a hoax, and then they get up there and they just walk out kind of, you know, um, gobsmacked and <laughs> completely, um, completely turned around. But yeah, it's kind of the opposite end of the of the country for me. But we just yeah. we just adore James, and uh, wondered if you knew him. You know, um, Craig is, and I, I would imagine there are a lot of people that you. Um, and and we have come across that we know in common. Oh, I'm sure that yeah. that happens in a community like this of like-minded people. We we seem to find each other somehow, and it always seems to be at the right time as well. It's just kind of uh, oh, there's an energy, there's a vibration, and you kind of match up with that, and and you just instantly know that, that you need to know that person or you probably already know them from somewhere else either a previous lifetime or being on a craft together things like that and you'll you'll just recognize people instantly in fact when uh when craig came out i picked him up at the airport and we both had we both knew that we knew each other we had known each other before even though we we talked on the phone we didn't have that feeling until we saw each other in person yeah yeah, well, Lavendor's been tracking what she calls the galactic GPS, which is um, a an implant that we have um, that helps us find each other. And, and on that subject, I, I would just like to say that, and if you concur, that a lot of implants are there um, like a gift and a tool to help empower and support us. Um, and there's, I think, maybe the fewer implants that would be um, not for our own, um, in our own interests. 
Have you found that to be true? I I, I have, and I had an experience once with a mantis being who took me to his planet, and this was lifetimes ago that this happened when I was a Native American, and uh, took me to his planet, and there were 12 other beings who shone a laser-like light at, at me, and they were implanting seeds, is what they called them. And in not only the physical, but all of the other bodies as well, the etheric body, emotional body, mental body, etc. And these were times to activate at certain times. And then something in my life would cause the activation. Well, the the activation that I know of for sure was the red and green lights that, that Thor did. So that activated something that was already in me and then opened it up. So right. this, I'm, I'm sure that this happens to everybody. And that something will cause the activation. Maybe it's an outside force like Thor or something within us that we just suddenly remember or we do accidentally. I've, I've had things happen accidentally, well, seemingly accidentally. Right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, it's it's like, yeah, there's there's a plan. There, These things are happening on a schedule. And it's, and it's so obvious now with all of these people awakening like this that the time is now and, and everybody is... You know, hopefully, but a lot of people are becoming awake. Sometimes it's a little frustrating, though, because you want everybody to be awake. <laughs> you want everybody to be at the same level or above you, you know, so you so, so you can learn from them. Right, right. Well, a lot of us are are trailblazers, and um, and others are even way beyond us. So it it's just kind of like a, a like a line of traffic on the highway, and you're supposed to help the person behind you, and the person in front of you is supposed to help you. And that's that's that analogy. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and you get to a certain point, and one day you realize what you don't know. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I, I want to know everything, but they can't do that. If you knew everything, no, 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 you're like fly off if you did. Excuse me. So, um, it doesn't like look like we're going to have any any callers. So I just wanted to reiterate (laughs) one more time: if you have a question, if you would like a little bit of help from Margie, you'll need to call in and um, press one. The number to dial is nine one seven eight eight nine eight two nine two. So, do you still have your radio show? I, I I was off the air for some time, and I'm bringing it back next month. So oh, cool! Well, tell a, us about that. Tell us about well, it. Well, just uh, a monthly show instead of a weekly show, just because of my time schedule. I, I you know how what it is to put a show together because you do it. It's uh, it's difficult, time consuming. So, once a month, a two hour show, and I will be having some of my old old guests on. They're always people who are <clears throat> experts in their field, well-known uh, authors, lecturers on various topics. Anything that's unexplained, you know, kind of goes along with the magazine, UNX News magazine. It's UNX News Radio. 
So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting back on the air on KGRA radio. And we're going to be on two other stations as well. So um, I don't have all the details worked out with that, but the show will be rebroadcast shortly after the the KGRA live show. And all the shows, of course, will be on archives. And that's that's like a a live air FM type radio as opposed to internet. No, uh, KGRA is internet. It's, it's digital broadcasting, uh, and then uh, two the other two shows are on the air and digital. They're both. So people can be Yeah. So you would have um, people would have an opportunity if since you're only going to be on once a month if they happen to miss the show that they will have some place where they could go listen to it like in an archive. Right, right. There, there will be archives. Yes. And it would just be UnX Radio. Uh, UnX News. I would just go to UnXNews.com. UnXNews.com, and that will give you the link to all the radio show information uh, and the magazine as well. Well, that's excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm so happy that you were able to take this time to spend with us this evening because I know I looked at your appearance schedule and I thought, wow, I mean, (laughs) you're traveling like 10 months out of the year and um, doing lectures and teaching and um, speaking. So I know you're a very busy lady, so we truly appreciate your spending some time with us and our audience. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, it's been a great time. You had great questions, and I hope that you'll come on my show sometime. Well, that would be great. That would be great. And you're going on, you're starting up again next month, you said? Yes. I, I don't, it, it's probably going to be the first Saturday at midnight, uh, and uh, I will, I'll have more information on my website about that in the future. Okay. And then, of course, we're doing uh, the NX News Tour continuing the next few months as well with Dr. Lynn Kitay and uh, Kitai and Michael Horn. And all of that is on the Onyx News Magazine site. Wow. Well, we so appreciate the work that you do on the planet and um, tell, <laughs> tell Valiant Thor that we are looking forward anxiously to the completion of the movie. So people that have the... Um, inclination to contribute because Craig is doing this um, with uh, by the people he's not going through a major studio because he doesn't want the integrity of the story to be corrupted by you know studio corporation type people so um, push that button yeah. and any amount there's I mean I think it, it starts at $25 and you can you can donate um, to that so Tell Valiant Thor when you talk to him next that uh, we are completely um, looking forward to the completion of this movie and helping as yes. much as we can by talking about it. Well, I, I know he's aware of it, but uh, I will reiterate that again because we certainly need to get this thing off the ground. And all he needs is $24 million, and, which is a low budget for a, a uh, full feature length movie. So, oh, these you know, days. maybe crowdfunding can make this happen. Absolutely. As I as I told Craig um, last week when he was on the show, um, 
we easily have 25 million star seeds on the planet, so it's just a dollar apiece. Right, that's no. Sure, you can have that oh, done so, in a minute. Yeah, yeah, so um, everybody step up to the plate. Well, once again, um, your website is margiek.com, M-A-R-G-I-E-K-A-Y.com, and um, UnX News Radio and Magazine. We thank you so much for spending your time with us this evening. And, Lavendar, I'm about to wrap up, so um, if you have any uh, final comments, now would be the time. Okay, well, I'm just happy, uh, Margie, that we found one another, and we'll be talking this week, and I, I want to look and see how many star markings you have because I know you have them in your chart. So we'll be talking later this week, honey, okay? Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me on, too. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Well, it has been our pleasure, and thank you so much, Margie. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully Anastasia will have her power back on. And remember, when you don't know which way to turn, step up. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 